So basically, I'm just going to share really what happened to me. So when I started coming to meetings like this, and people would say, you're not a body, yeah? I would hear it as a body. Yeah? So when I heard the message, there is no self, I heard it as a self. After a while, I watched what was going on, and I realized that it wasn't important what the message said, it's what, how it was heard, yeah? And then I remembered stuff I had been introduced to when I was younger in uh, India. Could have happened in Hoboken, it doesn't matter, yeah? but in India. And there was a statement by a great master, Ramana Maharshi, that is in a lot of the writings about him, and sometimes it's described as the problem in other ways, but it's meant to have a lot of seeming importance directed at it. And when we share the term selfing, what I mean by this, the idea of selfing, is it's an activity, a verb, which is the act of being identified as a self. Yeah. So the verb part isn't the act of being identified, and then there's a noun self, it's a whole verb. There is no self. But there is an act of being identified as a self. It's an activity that the mental process is in. It's in the act of being identified as self. And if our attention is wedded to the mental process, there'll be a strong, strong possibility that your day may be seen from that reference. Yeah? So when you hear the message, you're not a body, that reference of being a body will catch the message. Yeah? When that message is, when you hear the message, there is no self, that, re- that sense of being a self will catch the message. And in that catching the message, it neuters the message. Yeah? To the point where at certain talks such as this, people are trying to become a non-self as a self. They want to they be there to experience their own absence. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, they want to get it. And that's why they're never going to get it, seemingly. Because they are it. Yeah. Now, if we weren't what we are, then we could seek for it. And maybe we would find it. And maybe when we found it, we would adapt it. It would be adapt to the greater you, and then maybe you'd become a better you. But in this situation, we only have one possibility, and that's being it. There's no possibility of experiencing it because you're not other than it. There's no possibility of knowing it because you are the knowing of everything. And there's no possibility of studying it because you're being it. That's it. Yeah. Now, you can study what you're not. You can know what you're not. And in knowing what you're not and studying what you're not, it may lead to the place you already are, which is you are that, which is seeing what you're not. Yeah? So in a weird way, that which is seeing, which will never know it's seeing, because that's all there is, it gets a sense of knowing it's seeing by seeing what it's not. Yeah? So by seeing everything that's happening, everything that's arising, there's a sense, it's almost like a boomerang shot. By seeing what you're not, you get an intimation of what you are, which is the seeing of what you're not. You can't be seen because it's an activity. Yeah? It's not a thing. So, like in science, you know, they want to know everything, but they can't know what's knowing. They can't turn around and study the knowing with the knowing. Yeah? 
it would be like this. It would be like an infinite mirror. It would you would never you would never become the object to be studied because you're the subject. Your subjectivity, you're the seeing, you're the knowing, you're the hearing, you're the feeling, you're the tasting, you're the touching, but you can't be touched, tasted, felt, heard, or seen. That's the beauty of it. All you can do is be it. Incessantly. With no thought or effort on your part. There's not one ounce of doing in being it. All the doing is not being seen yet. And it goes so far that you will attempt to study yourself from what you're not. Just see what you're not, and that's being what you are. So, Ramana Maharshi called, he had a statement, he says, very beautifully, there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing that wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. If you hear that, there's no more reading necessary. There's a presupposing of a non-existent thing that now, when taken to be existing, wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. But what what salvation is available for a non-existent thing? Seeing it as non-existent is the salvation, and the salvation is always available at all times from the non-existent thing because it's a non-existent thing. You don't have to go back to make sure it's been killed because it never lived. <laughs> it's, only, it's just an activity. The activity the mental process is involved in right now is the act of being identified as a self. Yeah? It can never be so, but it can seem to be so, to what's so, and that's what we are. We are the reality. And in this, as the reality, if we're in a certain condition, false evidence will appear to be real. False evidence can't be real. It's impossible. It's defined by falsehood. But it can seem to be real to what's real. That's what's happening all day. The activity is presupposing that we're a non-existent thing that wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. And then if this is in place, it goes to this next phase, which if the shoe fits, wear it, that our spiritual practices themselves will be reinforcing the non-existent thing. How can they destroy the non-existent thing? The two books you need are two sentences. That's it. If you see it as an activity, you won't be looking from it. If you don't see it as an activity and you take it as a fact, you're going to try to get out of it. But my desire to get out of New Jersey, let's say, which I had a strong one yesterday, (laughs) landing in New Jersey, my desire to get out of New Jersey is totally predicated that I'm in New New Jersey. I don't want to get out of New Jersey when I'm in California. I have to be in New Jersey to want to get out of New Jersey. What we're saying is you're not in New Jersey. So all the time and effort to get out of New Jersey is seen to be absurd because you're not in New Jersey. So by seeing what you're not, 
you find out what you are. And what you are is always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it, unless you believe that they are. Yeah? That's it. That's the message. So, there's the presupposing nonexistence. So, how is that presupposing going on? How is it reinforced? Because a non-existent thing has to be remembered to seem to be existing. It, can't, it has no existing exuding out of it right now, so it has to be remembered. So the mental process, the thought system, pictures you as a body. When you are thought about, you're thought about as a body. When you're remembered, you can only be remembered as a body. So when you go back three years ago and you picture yourself, oh, I was in Bangkok three years ago, what, what is representing that I is the body. Yeah. So by remembering self, you get a sense of being the self now. Yeah? And also, there's remembering in the future. So when you're concerned about what's going to happen to you, which is as a body three years from now, you're remembering you as a body now. That's what happens. The sense of self is produced by the mental state. It has to constantly be working at it because it's not there. So it has, in other words, if something was moving slow, you would see the gaps between it. But if it's moving really fast, it seems like a whole train. That's what the mental state is doing. It's having things go really, really fast, and so you think it's a solid, long-lasting continuum. It isn't. The selfing arises at, in every second. The mental process states its opinion, states its interpretation, and we tend to buy it because it's all about us. And there's a cherishing of that little making, of that little self. So I'd much rather go to the Himalayas and sit for 15 hours and think I had a realization to be a realization. Because there's no fanfare. What, do you, what kind of blog are you going to write about every day? Same old, same old. <laughs> the empty phenomena rolling on constantly. Basically, I'm not going to have any followers. You know, and there's no no thumbs up. There's no story. It seems boring to the mental state. It's truly like a desert tortoise, and then a coyote or something comes and wants to get to the meat, and it can't get in there. After a few minutes, it leaves. It loses interest because there's no meat for it. This is what happens with non-duality. When you first hear the message, I remember when I first started hearing it, my head would try to use it. So I was living in Australia, and my girlfriend would be leaving. She said, Paul, can you do the dishes when I'm out? I said, yeah. And then she comes back, and there was no dishes done. So she said, Paul, why did you... Well, there's no Paul to do the dishes. She said, fuck me, Paul. Do the dishes. So my head was trying to use this message as a, an advantage. Sort of like, well, if there is no self, I don't have to do the steps of recovery. There's just no one to recover. And they end up drunk. <laughs> so usually it's hopefully just a phase, and then you really get to the meat of the matter where there is no meat and there is no matter. Now you're on a straight nothing diet and if you keep, keep getting nothing, I'm telling you, it turns into everything. It's the gift that keeps on giving because you are what you're looking for. Literally. And when that's acknowledged, rest occurs. You rest. Not better than 50 Thai massages. There's a sense of 
dropping down that you can't produce as an effect. It's just the mind, the plate tectonics of the mind shifts. Never to unshift. Now the head will, will tell a story that you moved away and lost it. But all those movements has not touched you one bit. It's like the sky. The sky is allowing everything to appear in it, yet whatever appears in it has no effect on it whatsoever. The sky has never turned into a cloud, even though millions of clouds have appeared in it. The sky's never gotten wet in any rainstorm. No pilot has ever called the tower and said they ran into a big chunk of sky. It's always, always incredibly open and available, allows everything to appear in it, yet it's not affected by anything that's appearing in it. That's mind. Big M mind. You have been untouched. Pristine, clear, always available at all times. There is no merit involved. There is no way you can exile yourself from what you are, nor can you find what you are. You can only be what you are. And how I sense it stabilizing is by seeing what you're not. Like Hoang Po, a great Zen master, said, he saves us. To me, the greatest scriptures are warnings. Yeah, They should be like, you know, the cigarette packs, where they say this could be hazardous to your health. I think every freaking spiritual book should have this stamp on the front page. Sales would drop unbelievably. Hey, you are what you're looking for. What? The seeker is the sort. What? Yes. There's a presupposing of a non-existent thing. Voila, you, that's trying to get salvation for the non-existent thing. And how are you trying to do it? By reading this freaking book. Yeah? So, if you get nothing, it's going to, something's going to become obvious to you. That you are what you're looking for. And it will show There will be an actualization. You'll have a sense felt presence. You'll have contentment and satisfaction as the new norm, not irritable, restless, and discontent. It won't be just an understanding. It will be vision. You will see from what you hope that what you hope to understand. You'll be seen from that. So, to me, the whole point was: it's like there's a lion, yeah. The lion takes itself to be a sheep. So someone comes into the village and points out to the lion, it's a lion. You would think, oh, that fucking would take absolutely no time at all. It's a lion. Someone just had to remind them. But this is the dilemma here. The mental process of the selfing is very, very, very fast. Yeah? In time, I don't think any process can beat it. The beautiful news is, is you and I are not of time. So whatever process you try to introduce to the gunslinger of selfing, it's going to outdraw all those processes. You're not going to meditate yourself out of being the meditator. But one thing outdraws that process, which is timelessness. Because in timelessness, the gun is always out. It never gets caught with the gun in the holster. That's the solution. You are what you're looking for. So he says, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So we've all just been negated completely as the body. Whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. End of story. 
And then he goes on and says, you cannot use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Alright. You can't use mind, big M mind, to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. You can try it for eons and nothing will happen. So now, if you were somebody, if you were a somebody, then it would make sense to seek the Buddha to make yourself a better somebody. Yeah? And it would would have total logic. You would try to approach this idea of Buddhahood to have a realization of it so it would add on something to you because you're the inherent thing that at this point needs a little Buddha in him or her. Yeah? But the fact is, if you are the Buddha, then the same event makes no sense whatsoever. Why would the Buddha be seeking the Buddha? He would have to believe he's something other than the Buddha to have that motivation. If the shoe fits, wear it. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yeah. You can't use light to seek light. They're trying to imply that you're the light. You're the Buddha. You are the mind. We just don't think so. And in that false reference, it makes a whole lot of sense to seek to better ourselves. But in a sense, you cannot seek to better what already is. It's already complete in and of itself. Pristinely beautiful, untouched. You're not going to do and have yourself into being. Now, in being, doing and having can be an expression of the being. But to try to use doing having to arrive at being is going to fail you. You can try it for eons and it's not going to happen because the one point we can't get around is you are what you're looking for. I mean, I can look for a latte today and I was halfway successful. Not bad. I can look for a pair of pants. I can look for a sandwich. I can look for a good movie. And it makes total sense. All right, I'm going to study the movies and find, and I'm going to go to the movie. But you can't look for what you are. You'll never find it. We dis- we're disqualified from the get-go. That's the beautiful news. Because if it was about you and you believed you achieved it, you would believe you could lose it. If you believe you got there, you can believe you can leave it. This is this. None of that plays in what you are. None whatsoever. No matter how far the mental state says it's removed from that, it has. You haven't gone anywhere. No matter how close the mental state is getting to it, you haven't been moved anywhere. All this little mental gyrations has nothing to do with what you are. They're all appearing in that context. None of the content has ever left the context. And first of all, the content can never arrive at the context. It's appearing in the context. So look, right now, there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Did anyone today, after their yoga class, after their macrobiotic breakfast, did anyone go to a seeing class? Where they said, maybe they'd be, have these things up and you could practice seeing. <laughs> and then hearing. No? Has, it, has the basic foundation of your life demonstrated any thought or effort? Has 
doesn't doesn't show any discrimination. Let's say you made a vow not to see a bird, but if your eyes were open and you looked out the window and a bird flew by, you would see the bird. Now, you may have a thought after it, and I didn't want to see that bird, but in fact, you saw the bird. So there's no volition, no discrimination. You're seeing, feeling, tasting, touching all day, and it's never demonstrated in the effort. You're not sweating, are you? And you don't run out. I mean, I saw so much, by Friday it was cut off, you know? It's not sort of like consciousness is like a water tank, and you know, you get, if you don't pay the bill, they shut off the consciousness. No. You can spend it on frivolous shit. You can be on, you know, a binge-watching bloodline on Netflix for fucking three days in a row. It doesn't matter. It's available no matter what. Yeah. Why would you think that thought and effort would bring you to there, which demonstrates no thought and effort? Has it demonstrated any effort today? Seeing, hearing, feeling. Did you have to look at your conditions surrounding that? <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's sort of like the fish, if it had self-centeredness, could take itself to be dry, all the while being constantly wet. And if he believed that point, then it would seek for wetness while it was completely wet. All the time. That's what it's like. Just because you can't arrive there doesn't mean it isn't so. It means it's completely so if you can't arrive there. If you could arrive there, it wouldn't be what you're looking for. So in seeing what you're not. So what happens? This is what... All this occurred... I just got downloads like reverse engineering. So, there wasn't much relief, then there was a relief that stabilized, and when the relief stabilized, it informed me why it wasn't seemingly stabilized before. Yeah? And all the downloads and all the talks I do are always about what I'm not, because you can only be a teacher of what you're not. There is no teachers of non-duality. Non-duality is a negation. It means not to. It doesn't say not to, therefore, or then there's a one. It just says not to. Everything else is left to finding out. It's just a negation of what we're taking to be so, and then that's it. And then you find out everything else. You, you find out. The studying is always about what you're not. You're studying about what you're like, like a great Zen master, Dojin, said. To study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self, because you'll realize it's not you. The only, re- the, only, the only reason you seem to be addicted to this, this mental activity of the act of adi- being identified as self is be- there's a belief it's about you. That's it. If, it would, if you had the same thoughts and there was a ticket tape underneath them that there were Stanleys, you would have turned them off in two minutes. But the same thoughts held as yours you've been following for 40 years. What's the, what's the, the honey? It ain't the thoughts. It's what they're implying. The mental state is addicted with this idea of being a self. And it can never fulfill the addiction, like every other addiction. It's never going to satiate because it can only appear to be a self to what's real. It can never become a self. 
All it is is agitation all day. It's like a slinky. It has a desire to become what it thinks it's not, and it has a desire to unbecome what it thinks it is. It just goes on and on and on, and we follow it like devotees. So you come here, I come here. If you, if there's a lot of anxiety in you, you can guarantee you're not responding to what's happening here. You're reacting to what's not happening. And most of us are in the addiction of what's not happening. Because in what's not happening, it's all about us. You're the one who's going to have cancer. You're the one who caught that wave. You're the one that did this. You are... They're the only mirrors where self appears in yesterday and tomorrow. It's all reflection. It's all thinking. So here, I wanted to read this from Ramana, if you don't mind. It says, if, and if is the big word here, if realization was something outside of you, a way could be shown consistent with the safety of the individual, his capacity. Yeah, let's say like bhakti yoga, karma yoga, you know, all that. There would be something, your predilection would set in a certain way, like more of a devotee, more of a knowledge person, yes? But it would always be very safely protecting the sense of being a separate, independent entity, knowing a topic, really, yeah? If realization was outside of us. Then questions such as, is it realizable, would arise... (laughs) See, if realization was outside of you, you could hope in time that you're suddenly going to get realized. <laughs> yeah, It's like the carrot in front of the mule. <laughs> and because we're civilized, you'll keep coming to talks like this when you just want to rip someone's fucking throat out. <laughs> if I hear another thing that I'm never going to get it, I'm going to flip out. You know? <laughs> but I'm going to wait. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'm humbly telling you it's never going to happen. What's always happening never happens. What always is happening never happens. Then, oh, here we go. But here, realization is of the truth. You cannot remain without the truth. The truth is always realized, but you don't recognize the fact. What's causing us not to recognize the fact? A whole lot of false evidence appearing real. The realization is now obscured by the present world idea. Yeah, that you're in one. (laughs) The world is now seen outside you, and the idea associated with it obscures your real nature, seemingly. I do not believe it obscures your nature. I believe it can seemingly obscure your nature if you believe it. Yeah? You're still the bottom line. Yeah? Seemingly, the word I, the definition I love is it appears to be true or false to you. That's what's happening here all day. Everything is either appearing to be true or false to us. Yeah? The us becomes the fact, and that's what needs to be questioned. Not the facts that the us is entertaining, but the act that the fact that there's someone entertaining, because it's not a fact. There isn't anyone home. Yeah? So, the world is never seen, out, uh, seen outside. Da, 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 da. All that is needed is to overcome the ignorance, and then the truth stands revealed. No special effort is necessary to realize the truth. 
All efforts are for eliminating the present obscuration of the truth. So here's the story. A lady is wearing a necklace around her neck, where they usually are, right? She forgets it, imagines it to be lost, and impulsively looks for it, here, there, and everywhere, until one... Uh, let me see. But not finding it, she asks her friends if they have found it anywhere. Until one kind friend points to her neck and tells her to feel the necklace. Oh, I found the necklace. That's the interpretation eh? from the mental state. I found the necklace. It's like when you have an epiphany, doesn't it usually end when this line of a sentence comes up in your head, I'm having an epiphany? <laughs> yeah. So. Soon as I found the necklace, <laughs> then you truly lost the essence of the necklace because yeah. you, you believe it could be lost and found. You're losing the essence of the necklace, which has always been there. So, until one kind friend points to her neck and tells her to feel the necklace around the neck, the seeker does so and feels happy. Feels happy the necklace is found. Holy cow! I found the necklace. <laughs> Again, when she meets her other friends, they ask her if her lost necklace was found. She says yes to them, as if it were lost and later recovered. <laughs> <laughs> her happiness this is, the, this is an incredible take right here because this is the dreaming yeah? her happiness on rediscovering it around her neck is the same as if some lost property had been recovered see the, the happiness was because it was lost and now suddenly found. What you are negates all that. Your happiness isn't in finding, nor is the being bummed out based on losing, because you can't be lost or found. It totally negates the whole, the whole dualistic bent here. The necklace has never gone anywhere. It wasn't lost, so if your misery is based on you've lost the necklace, and you believe your happiness based on, is going to be based on when you found it, in fact, they're both neutered. They're both negated because it's not gone anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and, alright, so, her happiness on rediscovering it around her neck is the same as if some lost property had been recovered. In fact, she not, never lost it nor recovered it. And yet, she was once miserable, and now she is happy. Isn't that freaking amazing? So by forgetting its inherent nature, she could be the star of the movie of losing it and then finding it. That's selfing. That's its essence. That's its drive. Yeah. It much it much rather be because there's more of reflection in the losing and finding than there is always available at all times. There's no reflection of self in what's always available at all times. There's a reflection of self when it's made into something that can be lost and found. So also with the realization of this of the truth, this, the truth is always realized, always, incessantly on. There's no off switch. There's no possibility of anything ever happening concerning it. The realization is now obscured when the veil removed. The person feels happy at rediscovering the ever-realized truth. <laughs> the ever-present realization appears to be a new realization. 
To who? That's the joy of selfing. For it to get out of New Jersey, it has to believe it's in New Jersey. Yeah? <laughs> For it to have the, the great joy of realizing the truth, it has to pantomime the act of losing the truth. But is the truth lost? No, or is it found? No. It's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's just like these talks. Most of us would be so much happier if we never heard the word awakening. It's being used to drive people freaking crazy. And then the word enlightenment, which means cessation of all suffering, is driving people up a wall. You see what the mental state does? It claims what's promising cessation of all suffering to promote more suffering. That isn't it. This is truly nothing. Nothing ever happened. It's always been happening. All there is is dreaming, but nothing ever happened. But everything is always happening. You recognize being a verb as a verb. You do not see the verb from a noun. You do not know the Colorado River if you take a glass of, of its water out and put it on your mantle. You miss the essence of the river, which is rivering. <laughs> we want to know what we are like a topic. Once you put it under the glass, it's nuded. You and I are the scene of what we're not. So watch the thought system. The thought system, the mental process, its biggest movement is claiming. So whatever it's brought into contact by consciousness, it's going to claim. Even consciousness. Consci and so the presupposing, as Ramana says, supposing, assuming, but he, t he uses the word pre, which is beautiful, because the mental process claims consciousness after the consciousness, but it implies that it's before the consciousness. So now you believe you're conscious. And once you, as this, believe it's conscious, you also believe you can be unconscious. And I'm telling you, most of the weight is going to be on believing you're unconscious, because that's what drives those seeking for consciousness, when all there is is consciousness. So the mental state claims you can see its footprints in your life, in your life by the, the trail of language. See the word my... That's our role in everything. We distribute meaning here. So there's money, there's sex, there's health. Everyone sees those words. I can change the meaning of the word completely by not changing the word. Put the word my in front of it. So I wish all of you to have a lot of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. The my changes the meaning all day. You're actively dreaming, and you're taking yourself to be the dreamt. As it says in the Course, you and I are dreaming this dream. I don't believe there's a dream, I just think there's dreaming. So you and I are the dreaming of the dreaming. We forget that we're dreaming. How can that possibly happen? It can't, but it can seem to happen to watch dreaming. Yeah? So watch dreaming can forget seemingly that it's dreaming by being identified <coughs> as a dreamt. Yeah? 
Suddenly, in this position, taking myself to be the dreamt, I give everything that I'm dreaming all the power to affect me. Sounds like everyone's day here. So you now own thoughts, they can now own you. Own a feeling, they can own you. Yes, it's unbelievable. The dreamt is never going to see that it's dreaming. Just see you're not the dreamt, and that's the dreaming. The dreamt is never going to see that it's dreaming. See that you're not the dreamt, and that's dreaming. That's that, eh? Yeah. Any questions, say? You don't need to beat a dead horse, either. And more is, does it mean more, better? This is an invitation. It's not a dissertation. Yeah? My job is meant to become obsolete. Because you are what you're looking for. You just don't think so. I'll read another thing if I can, maybe. Let's see. we got time. I remember when I sign up for these and they tell me, it's going to be 7 to 9. I go, no, it ain't. <laughs> it's getting shorter and shorter every week because this is not a fucking dissertation. You're not... If you go home and think about it, you, not, you haven't listened. Really. The listening is, you've all been served the spiritual subpoena already. Yeah? It doesn't need to be accompanied by thought. It's totally fine. It will, it's like bleeding from the other side of the canvas. You don't have to add more paint to it. Just allow, keep the, let the canvas be empty and then see what shows up. Yeah? And you'll know what you are by finding out. That's all. It's the only way. You cannot know you. Yeah? <sighs> yeah. So we have a lot of time to waste, so please ask some <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know some of your history from watching your <coughs> YouTube clips. And um, around addiction, um, I know you're involved in, in 12 step and that stuff. Yeah. But seeing as, you know, the awakening that, or whatever you want to call it, that happened or apparently happened to apparently you. Um, did you find like there was a, when, when that shift happened that there was a big dropping off as far as the addiction was concerned, or did you have to keep? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, that happened with me as a story. I was struck sober, 1988. Really, seeing I got I had been in a program for two years because I needed. Uh, my managing my own life led me to be managed by other people. So I had been institutionalized a lot and jailed a lot when the parasite of alcoholism took over. Yeah. Um, so I had gotten out of... I'd been in a two-year program and I left it, graduated with flying colors. Uh, but I, I got taken over again pretty quickly, went on a 10-month run and if you've ever been a drug addict, you know, it's a very weird terminology because you're limping very quickly. The run stops very fast. <laughs> and you crawl back to an incomprehensible, demoralizing state. Because you can't believe. You know, I went to college when I was in this program. They had told me 
that period of my life, though rather long, was over, and it all proved not to be true. Very demoralizing. So I just went back to the same old, same old, which was shooting coke and shit. No. But at the end of this run, I had run into what a lot of people get run into, which is I had a, like, you ever see the, the hungry ghost in Tibetan Buddhism? It's got a huge belly or a very small mouth. That's addiction, yeah? I had run into that point where I had a huge craving, but I had no money. So at this point, I had to convince others to get what I wanted. And I was, my charm was sort of down. And I was looking a little rough. So my batting average wasn't that good. You know? I wasn't scoring. <laughs> it was looking bad. There was no relief in the bullpen. It was the ninth inning. I was down. <laughs> so uh, I ended up going out on uh, St. Patrick's Day. And I came to three days later in a town north of San Francisco came out of a fog blackout or something and I was in a trailer with a guy I didn't know drinking a bottle of Royal Gate vodka they probably have it here with a different maybe Smirnoff or something it's called here but we were drinking this lousy vodka and I um, I looked at him and he had a big head you know, <laughs> and bulbous nose and varicose veins on his face and uh, it hit me that he was a bum you know I looked at him hey this guy's a bum but lo and behold, he was looking at me like I was a bum. <laughs> and then something happened that I didn't think was possible. You know, as a, if I could draw it here, it would be like a portal opened and something stopped my head yeah, for about four minutes or more. And something downloaded. And it was like a CNN news flash, just a headline. No story, and it was unfucked, you know. And now I had been screwed for a long time, and it was, but this was news to me. It had gone somewhere deeper than the head. And uh, from that day on, I've been sober. So the whole thing was downloaded, and it's just been playing out for 29 years. Yeah, so I haven't had that addictive drive, was like an urge, like a radioactive isotope in me. I was constantly wanting to get out of myself. But you can't transcend an imaginary place. Which I didn't know at the time. So something took that isotope out, and I haven't had a strong thought or feeling about drugs or al alcohol for 29 years. Now that's a damn good solution. Because I don't even need any skillful means, because there's nothing I have to fight up there. I just don't have any drive at all about it. So that was a pretty incredible demonstration in this little play of a power greater than me because my mother wanted it to stop, you know, the state wanted to stop, I wanted it to stop, but nothing, no human power seemed to produce it, but it was produced, yeah? So that was a big, so I've never had any trouble with that. So in a way, you kind of had like what they call the Ecratole kind of, Big Bang experience. Like most people, for most people, it's seemingly a gradual, apparent movement towards whatever you want to call it, getting free from the selfing. But it seems like yours was like one of the. I don't want to say that. I don't like when people tell tell a situation because then people think if they can duplicate that event, something will happen. But it's always available at all times. So what happens if you seem to arrive there at time? When it downloads, it will tell you that it was always been this way. So basically, even if you think you had an event, when the event downloads, that it's always available at all times, you'll see that there was no event. Yes. 
That's how I feel it. But I think a lot of people, when they hear stuff like that, they make up something out of that. Like, you know, someone says, you know, I woke up at Walmart walking in the appliance aisle and an iron fell and hit me on the head. And people will go to that sexual angle. They'll try to go to Walmart and have their friend push the toaster and hit them with the hopes. But you can't produce this. Yeah? But that was a demonstration of some power that put that... And that alcoholism and addiction was usually influential since I was six or something. Yeah? So for that to be relieved was mind-boggling. So somehow I intimated a no-thingness. Yeah? And then the more that became obvious, that became... uh, Like when I come into a room, I see the space. Yeah? I sense space. It's It's a very strong feeling. Yeah? A lot of things. But all this is is an expression of mind. And then you think you find out about it, but it's, you know what I mean? Something is moving through all of us. And I humbly believe here in this sense of time, you're going to be directed by something. Now, many of us have been directed by the mental state, and I think we've realized it's a failed system. But the dilemma with a failed system if it's based on identification, when you try to get out of it, you're get, trying to get out of it as the system. Therefore, it never works. Yeah? This is the dilemma. You don't see there's a few locks that keep you locked in, which is, we call in recovery, self can't get out of self. So the way you get out of self is realize you've never been a self. The experience of getting out of self isn't based on you escaping self, it's really the experience stabilizes into a state when you realize you're not a self. Then your experience is like, I'm out of self, but not that you got out, but that you were never in. That's what produces that effect. And then it turns into a state. It's not an experience anymore. Yeah? So the logic of what's happening is different than the mental logic, totally. Like we say in recovery, you have it by giving it away. You never hear any drug dealer ever live by that principle. <laughs> yeah? They had a lot of coke by giving it away. No. It but in this, in this modality, that's what works. Yeah? That's my sense of it. Yeah, so. But it hasn't been... A, see, if I had that urge, I probably would have gotten loaded again. If I had that urge, I would have gotten loaded again. For sure. No, I brought, the reason I brought it up because I sense... I think there's like myself I see an addiction to that story of the guy who's just about to kill himself and then he has the thing you know what I mean yes. like, I think that there's it can take different forms is all I'm saying and, and or I hope it can well the thing is if what always happens happens to you part of the happening will be it's always happened so it totally negates the story of your realization humbly from where I see it yeah yeah so I have a question about like bypassing emotions. I, <laughs> I often uh, kind of prod teachers about it. I think so. Like, I just want to give an example. Like my dad died like three months ago. Last night I was watching Big Fish, which is about father and son. And I started weeping, and it was really healing. Like at a very I don't know primal level, you could say. But I was really like my father me <laughs> I was really like it's all about my relationship yeah so, seemingly anyway yeah so I, on the one hand I realized that's just what ha- what what's happening there's no part of me at this 
point is like making it wrong for having seemingly me, me thoughts. But I just wanted to speak to it because it's like there can be a. I think if I don't um, remind myself about spiritual bypassing, there can be a kind of like a a selfing around non-duality that avoids uncomfortable things, you know? And I just wanted to hear what... Yes, of course. That's the mental state, trying to take advantage of the message. Yeah, but it doesn't work, does it? I've seen a lot of people who who, who tried to be... they, They... they got, became Buddhists and not have to go to AA and they're drunk Buddhists. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have no problem with the action figure. It has its own sense of well-being. It has its own balance. Yes? To me, the word enough is very important when it comes to this event with the action figure. I have gauges that have hit enough, which releases a lot of attention and interest. Yeah? So I'm not a one to disavow the action figure. Right. I just see it as not me. Doesn't mean it doesn't have its activities. I, I get that completely. And the other question I have is is like hypervigilance. I'm I'm thinking like Yes. Like, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm pretty hypervigilant. My action figure I guess is pretty hypervigilant and then it gets hypervigilant about non duality or it gets hypervigilant about not bypassing. <laughs> if yeah. I get tattoo on my eyelids, like um, uh, what's what, what's circle, what's looking is what you're looking for, or like don't bypass, like as if I just have to keep. Yeah, know. yeah, but ask who is it that has to do that? Yeah, I just wanted to mention it because I feel like a lot of people do it. Yeah, to me, this is more dispersal. It's more of unfocused. You see a whole lot more unfocused than when there's a focusing. I find that the event here is like a camera, yeah? So you have an aperture that's set called self-centeredness. That's a very small tunnel vision. It sees everything as how it pertains to it, yes? So I'll use an example. So let's say there's a brownie camera. You remember those old cameras that had a plastic lens? You basically just pointed and hoped, you know, couldn't see anything. <laughs> but they were available, cheap little things. So let's say there's a brownie camera. And then there's this big, huge camera with HD, 360, everything, super incredible Carl Zeiss lenses and everything. And it's walking around and and sees the brownie and looks into the brownie. While looking through the brownie, it loses its sense of itself and it takes itself to be the brownie. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So now this huge camera with all these possibilities is now defined by this little plastic camera. Yeah? So, of course, it starts to feel irritable, restless, and discontent as the brownie because it's not a brownie. Yeah? So, but now, trying to get out of being a brownie, as a brownie doesn't fucking work. Yeah? So, it's been trying to make a bet. And a, you can put great $800 lenses on the initial plastic lens. You're not going to get a better picture. <laughs> so, all the, so it, and it's living with this, it's trying to become a better brownie. Because it has a sense of being huge and spacious. But it's trying to get back to that sense as the brownie. So then it hears the man says, hey, you're, maybe you're not the brownie. And it entertains it. Does it take any time to become the big, huge camera? And it can also have the realization while sealed, still seemingly looking through the brownie. The looking through the brownie doesn't negate what it is. Um, yeah? 
So then, and does it have to tear itself away from the brownie? It just lifts off, and now instead of looking for the brownie, it sees the brownie. The brownie's taking pictures, the brownie has its photo gallery, all the brownie, the action figure, yeah? But now you're seeing it. It's like this. This is, this is realization claimed, right? So here you have realization. Oh, I'm clear. Very clear. And, and you are not, you know? <laughs> I got it. You have it. And it goes like this. And you can have these all day. But this is what happens. This happens, and then it goes like this, and you're seeing. Yeah? So suddenly, that which was hoping to finally get out, uh, you know, behind the camera is, there's a realization it can never be behind the camera because it is behind the camera. Yeah? When you see that you're not what's in front of the camera, you are that which is behind the camera. As Jesus says, you're in this world which is in front of the camera, but you're not of this world. You're of the behind the camera. Yeah? In front of the camera keeps going on, doing what it's doing, but you'll travel lighter, seemingly over here, but the travel lighter won't be found in here, it'll be coming from the of that you are. So you'll be the source of the traveling lighter. Yeah? Which means the source of the traveling lighter is always available at all times, right where you are, because you're the source. That's incredible independence. You found something that's truly reliable because it's always available at all times. It doesn't have to be made into it. It doesn't have to be done into it. It is. Yeah? And if you have, if that nothingness, if your interested attention lands on that nothingness, it turns into everything. You are what you're looking for. The seeker is the sort. All of those statements are totally true. Yeah? <laughs> That's the beginning of the world. The world comes out of a but. But. Always, yes. Do you see it though? I just want yeah, to use yeah. this as an example. That pause is very uncomfortable to the mental state. That pause is eternity in a seemingly linear thing of moments. That's you and I showing up. You and I are being sensed here what we are in this space. That's the... See, I tend not to like questions because it's the answer asking them. So if I starve the person, the mental state that's asking the question, you'll be turned on yourself and you'll see you're the answer. You're not going to arrive there through a question that you're going to realize you've never left it by not having an answer. You'll find out you are the answer. Yes, but go on. <laughs> if you dare. Nah. <laughs> I thought I'd fucking put that out. <laughs> but you got, got a lighter. You got a lighter, all right. Uh, so I was asking this one teacher, and he was like, if you read Ramana, you know, it would basically benefit you. There's a remembering that happens of, like, me coming today, you know? It's like, I, I, I know that... Um, so that seems to be a paradox. It's like if I just am like, what's looking is what's looking for. I live my life, the action figure lives its life, and that's what's up. That's where it's at. But see, the paradox is only seen from a raw, a failed thought system. That's why you see what actually how things work as paradoxical. 
You're trying to, the mental logic is trying to figure it out. It's not going to figure out how things go. It doesn't. Like I'm looking for a prescription. Yes. I'm, I'm listening to myself. I call, I, the prescription is starvation <laughs> of looking for a prescription. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. When you stop looking, when you're starved from the looking for it outside, when the failed, what a failed system can show us is that it's failed. Yeah? And then hopefully the reliance on it will move and will land somewhere else. And maybe instead of having your interest and attention constantly reinforcing the preoccupation with this dead idea, it will be used to enrich your day and other people. Yeah? It's the same energy. I'm telling you, faith, you know, faith has a lot of meaning, definition. Our faith means like Islam or something, but I'm talking about a force of mind, big M mind, faith. And faith is going to manifest here by the vehicle it's put in. So let's use the example of having faith in the thought system. That's why, that's the producing of all the anxiety. It's not the thought system. The thought system is used to produce the anxiety. What's producing anxiety about from what's not happening is faith. You have faith in a failed system. That's why you live in so much anxiety, seemingly. If that same faith was placed in something reliable, you'd have an ease and comfort in your day, and it would stabilize. It's the same faith. It matters what vehicle it's put in. The same thing with surrender. What's going to make a surrender is what you surrender to. I've surrendered to the cops, I've surrendered to women, I've surrendered this, but the, when I surrendered seemingly to the program of AA, it really did something with that surrender. So hey, what Ramana would do is to, would take that farther and say, well, to whom, to whom are you going to surrender? And who, uh, you know, to who, who are you to surrender and to whom, basically? So, yeah? So you can take it to the absolute where there's obviously no need to surrender because there's no one to surrender to or nowhere to surrender from. You are that. Yeah? You can say it on lots of levels. Yeah? But if, let's say, if someone was here and their house was burning down, I'm not going to say, tell them there is no house. I'm going to point out where a pail of water is. Yeah? You don't want to get caught in dogmatic you know, non-duality, duality Pharisees. You know, where you're, you're in, you've got the letter of the law. You never mentioned me or I, but you've left. You missed the spirit of it. Yeah, we're flexible. We're flexible. We're a, we're we're responding to how things seem to be. Yeah, so that you can be of maximum use, not be right. So here, many of us, there is no house or no fire. I'll tell you a story. We have time to waste, yeah? (laughs) This is a good one, I think. I was going around the world, yeah, bumming around, and I was in Turkey. You ever been to Turkey? You go to Turkey, and then uh, I was with a couple, I wasn't with them, but we got together, and we were going near the Sofia and the the nice area, and a very well-dressed guy came up, and said, hey, I'll show you around, you know, in a really nice gray suit. So he took us around. It was very helpful. And then he brought us to a, a, big, a big brick building with just red brick. And then a guy opened up that looked quite like him. And then 
he passed us over, like to him, like a baton. I never saw the other guy. And they brought us into a rug emporium. Yeah? And it's un- they were unbelievable. And so they go, oh, what's your name? I go, Paul. He says, Mr. Paul, do you want some Turkish coffee, apple juice? I said, I'll have some apple juice. So sit down, sit down. And suddenly, a lot of the same type of dudes with, you know, suits came in like twirling rugs and they were fucking went on for hours <laughs> they just keep giving you t- coffee or, and they're like three hours and the, the light's hitting the rugs and they're throwing them down and it's an incredible thing and they go well Mr. Hedman what do you think I said well listen I'm flawless I don't have a house <laughs> if I had a floor I would have bought a rug but I don't have a floor so it's totally pointless to me and they said, well, we could fold it up and you could put it in your knapsack. I go, oh, I'm going to go to Thailand with a Turkish rug? No, no, no. So because there was, I had no floor in my life, I wasn't interested with all the, the rugs. Yeah. This is the whole point. The whole, all the activities one's head is based and predicated on the assumption that they're all about you. If you're not that you, you'll lose interest in it all. You'll lose interest in the need to be liberated because what needs to be liberated ain't you. If I, when I was seeking spiritually, if I saw where I am now, this was what I'd be trying to get out of all day. <laughs> I swear to God, I would see no spiritual content in this person. He's not striving. <laughs> He's not reading about it. He's not interested in it whatsoever. I swear to God. I would be the last thing I wanted to be when I was seeking for the truth. Because it's all about loss of interest, really. I swear. What they call spirituality, I have no freaking interest in. I cannot believe. Because we don't have any touchstone to judge anything. We don't. We're taking so much shit to be about something that has nothing to do with it. Look at your head. Your head is constantly implying you have tons of shit to do with nothing. Shit you have nothing to do with, like growing my hair. People, you know, I do the old story of coming back to New York after a few years, and they, my hair was longer, and the guy would come in, "Hey, you're growing your hair." I go, "Yeah, I'm growing my hair. I'm doing a really good job, don't you?" And he's balding. I said, "You're not doing too good." And I said, "You know, I joined a group, and we grow our hair together, and it goes better." And I could go on and on, and pride could arise. Oh, my hair is so great. I use the best shampoos. I start giving advice on a blog. You like to have hair like Paul Edison? Yeah. You know what I mean? Fun fact. I mean, I'm not growing my hair. I'm just not cutting it. <laughs> I have nothing to do with the growing of the hair. But the language is constantly implying that you have a lot to do with tons of shit you have nothing to do with. Like I, the knee went out surfing. So when I would tell people I hurt my knee, it sounds like I took a hammer out there and I fucking banged it. You know? I didn't hurt my knee. The knee went out. <laughs> That's what happened. But the story is I hurt my knee. you got to see it. You're living with a hypnotist. And when it introduces its trance, you call it me. See it. That's the one quality it cannot produce. The one quality it cannot mimic is the pure awareness that we essentially are. When that's shined on all the shenanigans, you'll see it. If you see it, you're not looking from it. The reference has shifted, and when the reference shifts, you realize it was never not that way. So it's not even a shift, yeah?
you've always been exactly where you are, seeing exactly what's going on at all times. You found the necklace. Yeah? You found the necklace, yes. I think it's great news, tell you the truth. Yeah. Because, you know, non-duality has been totally, totally mutated. You know, there have been... For me, it's just an invitation. If you're ready, bingo. If you're not, you will be. Hear it? It can be repeated quite a lot. This is an invitation. Who wants to sit through a repeating of a dissipation? But if it's an invitation, I can get it thousands of times. And one time, it's sort of like this, you know. The mental state is like that thousand-armed Buddha, but each hand has a mitt. So when you hear this message, like, you're a lion, yeah, but you're identified as a sheep, the message is going to get caught by the process, you know, the programming of being a sheep, and turned into, I can, can become like a lion. It's sort of like that movie Moon, where the clone... They found out this huge company that the clone would work better if it has a programming that has a family on Earth, and it and it's always at it's always it's programmed to always be on the last the, the fifth day of its last five days of work, which is going to go on ad infinitum. So it makes the, the you know it's into the work, so it makes the the clone work better. And suddenly, there's indisputable evidence to the clone that it's a clone. Far out, That's pretty clear, right? I'm a clone. I'm a clone. All right. But the clone's reaction isn't from the clone. It's from the human programming. And to the human programming, whoa, it means a whole lot more. I'm a fucking clone. I don't have a family. I, I hate, I don't, I'm not a Red Sox fan. No, none of that. Yeah? You see? So these thousand-armed things, that's why these talks, years ago I gave up talking to you about mind, big M mind. It goes nowhere. But I'm talking to mind about you. That goes somewhere. <laughs> so here, these thousand hands, so the message group that's catching everything, it's like spiritual sperm. You know, you release tons of messages, and then you're hoping one will get through to the big M mind, and when it hits that egg, the mind will conceive that possibility, which is, I may not be that. And as soon as it sees it as other, the next thing it ent- could entertain, I can be free from it. That's it. That's the delivery system. And it's been delivered. Any quite more questions? Yeah, I have a question. Yep. Um, so if irritability, restlessness, and discontent is present, that's selfing. That's no, it isn't present. That's no, 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 no. No, no. The action figure can be is in irritability, restless, discontent. That's a possibility, yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're not the action figure, that's the ease and comfort. Yes? You don't have the... The, the action figure is not, it's not necessary for the action figure to mimic what you are. Yeah? yeah? Do not wait for it to show the signs of a great transformation. You'll be waiting a long fucking time. Yeah? The loving gaze gets hard to do if you're doing it. (laughs) It must be exhausting, really. It must be exhausting speaking in a monotone. Yeah? Must be. So fucking tiring. So, is there there anything in the remembering of this conversation that, that gives you intention to be in a space to have that portal open? 
<laughs> no, see, selfing is going on. But the, the selfing isn't the activity of the act of being identified as self. It's the feeling of being the one that's doing it or the one that's being done to it. That's the real selfing, is the sense of being the one. Yeah? So here, you already got it. Yeah? You don't need to... Well, how, why would you want to waste time trying to rem- remember what's always available? You don't need to remember it. Well, it just, just is. Discern the action figure, the wholeness. Because you get caught up in that action figure and you believe it. You start no, your head gets caught up in yeah, it. You don't. The head gets caught up. Yeah. If you're not, see, the head is going to go. The head is in a, like a, a dualistic dream, yeah? Yes, no, close, far, high, low, this and that. You can't, there's no stability in that. There's no soundness there. You have to just see it's not you. And then it's going to do its thing, yeah? But what, when, what, it can't break the gravitational field of the content. It's only when you believe it then that rocket can go higher. If you if the belief is removed, you'll just see it. It's just like you ever see those fireworks that are duds? That's what it is most of the time. The rocket goes up but nothing fucking happens. And if that keeps happening, you leave the, the fairgrounds. There's no fucking there's no there's no firework this way. It's all over time you call your bluff over you call your own bluff over and over again until it's just Disappears. Well, the thing is, it only it it doesn't even have to disappear. It never appeared. Right. It only appeared to you. Right. Nothing has appeared independently of you. Mm-hmm. You are the context. Nothing here has ever appeared independently of you. The buck stops here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever you know, if you feel if you. Like, if you feel like you really need to do something, you better do it. Because <laughs> you're playing it. You're playing the dreaming. Yeah? But if you don't feel like you need to do anything, then you better not do it much. Yeah? The, un- the undoing is another doing. Yes. If you're involved, yes. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. That's how self can't get out of self. Yeah? That's why you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can lose. You can use the self to seek anything else other than what you are, because it will work. Like seek, you know, get a latte and anything like that. But it will not work on this topic, because the only possibility you have available to you is be it. That's it, and you are it right now. So it's all done completely. That's the drag, because you want to have something to do with it, really, and you don't. <laughs> You're not in any starring role here. Seriously. You appear maybe page 340. And the book is only 330 pages. (laughs) You're a very late comer onto the stage. (laughs) You're an afterthought, really. You're an afterthought that implies it's before all thoughts. That's what's happening. It's a little trick. The mental state doesn't play the game of time like we're playing. That which comes after implies it's before. It plays a switcheroo. We believe time is here and it moves, you know, inexorably to the future. That's all made up. The mental state doesn't play that game. In the mental state, what comes after can seem to be before. 
And that's all that selfing is. It comes after conscious contact and implies it's the one who's conscious. It comes, it's a thought that implies it's having all the thoughts. It's, it's an action that implies it's the actor. It's a verb that keeps implying and, and, and reinforcing and inferring that it's a noun. It never can be so, but it can seem to be so. To what is so, and that's us. Yeah? This is the humble invitation. You're already awake. We're all in set, always awake. We can seem not to be awake to that fact, or we can be seem to be awake to that fact, but it doesn't change the fact. We're all awake. Yeah? This is dreaming. So in this dream, you can seem to be awake to it, or you can seem not to be awake to it, but it doesn't change the fact that you're awakeness. You know? it's, it's, it's an impossibility to be anything other than what's seen right now. Any more questions? This is a one-time offer. <laughs> Never going to happen again. If you come to where I live, no one says anything anymore. <laughs> They've all been trained perfectly. They never ask me any questions. <laughs> Do you ever go to when you used to go to the first satsangs? Then they have a question, and then someone would start talking about relationships, and then it would turn into a therapeutic session. And it was nice when the person was sharing, you know, the message. But then it turned the energy changed, and it was so easy for the meeting somehow to get hijacked yeah, and turn into something else. Yeah? I learn from those things. I don't want that. To me, because I'm disorganized and unpopular, it can stay really, it can stay really clear. I can keep giving nothing and, really, and demand nothing. Just nothing. We don't have any intensives. It's intensive enough, isn't it? Unbelievable. Why would I want to, especially in New York City, why would I want to go on an intensive? Just being here is intense. You know? Why would I need to go on a retreat? Have you ever gone on retreats? And then you do the two-week retreat, you feel great, but it evaporates like eight hours later. So what does the head, his logic says, well, you've got to do a longer retreat. And then you get caught in this, all right, first it's the weekend, you know, the three-day one, then there's a ten-day one, then there's a three-month one, still it hasn't really worked, then there's a three-month one with, like, macrobiotic food, some therapy, some no therapy, hopefully a lot of tantric, that would be great. And then it goes on and on, and it keeps going on and on and on and on. And you think more and later it's going to arrive. You have already arrived. You can't miss the train. I mean, it's fun to go on retreats. I went on a retreat once. There's a place in, outside San Francisco. I used to call it the Upper Middle Way. It was better than where I lived. They had eagle claw bathtubs, three great sumptuous meals. I didn't want to leave. I said, I'll meditate for another couple of weeks just to stay here. <laughs> And then one day, on the 11th day, it was a trip, man. It was so cool. On the 11th day, we'd, everyone would be walking silently around these lovely grounds, and we'd go to the place where they served food. Yeah? So on the 11th day, I got there early, and they had ice cream out yeah? on, the, you know, on the table. So I, was, I sat down, and I watched these people. They're all very peaceful. 
and then they see the ice cream. <laughs> and you can see the head. You can see it. Then some of them got the ice cream first, put it on their table, and then got the food. <laughs> some of them bypassed the food completely, just had like three dishes of ice cream. The whole retreat was blown in that 11th day. That was the retreat. You could see it. How can self get out of self? You have to see you're not in self. You cannot, you cannot get out of an imaginary place. If you do, that's giving it a reality it doesn't deserve. You cannot, I'm telling you, humbly, I have, was not a great spiritual seeker, but one thing I was great at, which was a devotion to drugs. I would, I would put my devotion to drugs up with all the Hanumans of the spiritual world. I was totally devoted to it 24-7. I fucking gave everything to it. Anything I could get from you, I did it. I loved it beyond anything I've ever loved in this world. And I gave it my all for many, many years. And you know what? You cannot transcend an imaginary place. The, the place I was trying to get out of was dreaming. I was dreaming it here that was unbearable, that demanded an escape, and that escape made me here more and more real. Every time I got tried to get out of it, I was more in it. Spirituality is the exact same thing. It has nothing, no difference. We're trying to get out of a place we're not. See, this is the thing. We're trying to get into the moment, which we can't be out of, and we're trying to get out of what we can't be in. We're trying to get out of self, and we can't be in one, and we're trying to get into the moment, and we can't be out of it. It's like bizarro world. That's the mental logic. But there is another modality that's available. You can see, you can, your life can be based by something other than thought. You can have that intuition. You can have a sense of things. You can take premonitions as signs. You'll see the choreography of a great dance master occurring. You'll have tons of coincidences. Just like today, we pull up to park, and we're parked right in front, in front of the, behind the car of my friend Michelle. Now, there was like how many millions of people in this town? And then she shows up at the same time we show up. This is what happens. There's a choreography here that's beautiful, yeah? If you have the eyes to see it. But the eyes that we're using are only for looking, and you don't see fucking anything. So that's it. Definitely no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we have, we have books and shirts out there. So if you want to support my lavish lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, is this going around for the nation? This is the nation ball. And if you would like to uh, be on the mailing list for further talk whenever Paul is in town, please see me at reception. Yeah. I'm Vida. Thank you very much. Yeah, so thank Vida, Eric, and Phoebe, Phoebe over there, Eric, and Vida. They bring the together. And I think we're going to try to eat something if you want to come out or have a coffee or something. So if you want to hang out.
We'll go. You want us to go somewhere, right? All right. Sushi place is good. Are you going to hang out with us? Yeah, totally. I just want first gentleman. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Hey, we're going to pass the basket about five times. I usually see great people break down about the fourth time. I'll just stare at you. Very, very good. I wish I'd come to the one that you talked about, Big and Mine, because I love that a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I like that a lot.